I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I like to, I like to say something. This is Dirt and Spray. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pitch stand for a mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. God, there was one week when you wore sweatpants every day. Oh, you know what? If they were Sean John sweatpants, it would have been fine. But because they're Costco brand, it's like the worst thing I could do. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Well, I'm rolling out. Hey, let's do this. Final hour Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app. Hope your weekends went great. Lots of sports. What a great sporting weekend it was, huh? NFL games on Saturday. It really was. It was a fantastic uh, sports weekend. Got off to a rough start on Friday night. The Blazers no-showed in Dallas. Well, yeah, those games happen. It'll happen from time to time. It was a bummer. I was excited. Luka v. Dame. Kinda, yeah. All right, this will be a fun matchup. And then uh, for first quarter was okay. Second quarter, like, uh-oh. And yeah. then they jumped out to, like, a 12 nothing run to start the third. I don't know if I've ever seen Chauncey or any other NBA coach wave the white flag as early as he waved the white flag. Uh, I'd argue he didn't wave it early enough. <laughs> it was, like, uh, like, six minutes left in the third. I'm like, who's out there on the floor right yeah. now? It's nothing but rookies. Well, I thought that was smart. You had a back-to-back. You had oh. Houston the next night. You got to preserve the legs. You're not coming back from 30 when <laughs> – when Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood are hitting threes, yeah, you kind of have to just call it for what it is. It's not their night. It's not your night. It's their night. Not your night, man. It's Twenty-one points night. away. Twenty-one points. Is he going to get it tonight in OKC? I think he's going to get it tonight. OKC is playing nobody. I don't even know who they're playing. Like I, I looked at the roster and who's out. I I can't name players playing tonight. It's that bad. Uh, Nurkic, by the way, questionable for tonight too. I so don't care. Portland's probably going to counteract some of that with. Uh, we're sitting all these guys out. Well, Portland's probably going to counteract with. Uh, we'll play a little bit better here because Yusuf Nurkic is sitting on the bench. <laughs> um, Twenty-one points away from cementing the greatest bla- blazer in team history. So Darius Baisley is out. Yep. Josh Giddy out. Yep. Shea Gilgis Alexander out. SGA. There's a Jang. Yeah. Osmani. Is that how you say his first mm-hmm. name? Uh, a Robinson Earl is out as well. And of course, Chet Holmgren out for the year. Yes. So that's they got they got nobody. Yeah. I can't name. Is Dort still there? I know Dort. Lou Dort is there. Okay. Yeah. Dort's still so there. Dort's playing. Okay. We got Dort. Yep. Can we name any other Thunder players? Fun game. Nope. Name me another one. No. Nope. You named the ones that I knew. That's those are the only Nick ones. Collison's still on the roster. I'm kidding. I know he's still on the roster. That was a <laughs> joke. Would be great if he was still in the league, like Udonis Haslam. <laughs> Seriously, no. He's like 42 yeah. and playing. Still? You know, yeah. Udonis Haslam just played a game in which they played against Houston, in which two players on Houston's combined age was still younger than Udonis Haslam. <laughs> How great is that? Yeah, this is pretty. I mean, this is exciting. I think, uh, and it gives you a reason to watch tonight. Like OKC, it's going to be a horrible game. 
Now, the only question will be, does he not get enough and they blow out OKC and they take him out? The line on this game, by the way, is only seven and a half. Yeah, that's an odd one to that's me. That's an odd number. I, I think that has a lot of backdoor cover because you played the bench. Yeah, we're just sitting guys in the fourth quarter kind of thing. I'm trying to look up OKC players. Jalen Williams, do you know who that is? Uh, familiar with the name. Don't okay. really know much about him. They got a dude with a European name that I can't pronounce. He's averaging eight points per game. So that that's about what OKC's bringing to the table. It's you know it's I'm gonna be happy because there's this dumb opinion that he's not the best Blazer of all time. Uh huh. But I'm also a little sad. Why does this gotta happen in OKC? Of all the places this could happen, Oklahoma yeah. City really against that franchise that's purposely sucking for God knows how much longer. Well, in either way, it's going to be OKC because even if it's not tonight, they play him again on Wednesday. He had said this, I think, before they had left on the road, like just how unfortunate the timing was that he couldn't break this at home. It is a bummer. They're, they're going to give him a rousing ovation. There'll be a whole thing. I hope. I'm really keep my fingers crossed here that they can get Clyde to do like a, hey, congrats, Dame. Happy for you. Happy for the fans. Like I hope they can get a video from Clyde for that. When he comes back home, and I know they'll celebrate it, it just sucks that, like, in the moment, he's going to be doing it in Oklahoma City, <laughs> of all the places, and it's a bit of a downer for me. Yeah, you could argue, though, at least to to try and find a silver lining that uh, maybe his most iconic moment, or easily his most iconic moment in the NBA, came against Oklahoma City. I mean, he exploded a franchise he into did. sucking for, th- for, what, three, four years And now. now they have to watch him break the yeah. all-time scoring record for the organization. Yeah. So there's so there's at least at least of all the opponents, it's the one that he ended the ended their life. And you should get another win. You should move to eighteen and thirteen tonight. And now that Toronto is gonna blow it up. Uh, 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 uh. Do you make that move? Do you start sniffing around on OG on Anobi? Do you wait for the offseason? There's a lot of questions that Joe Cronin uh has to answer, I think, right now, because I think this is an interesting part for him. You trade your other guys last year because you're kind of forced into it. Yep. Now you've got the pieces, you're doing this like blend of build develop with guys who can win now and you seem to to have done a good job with that so far do you make the big move in season i would argue you do and i would hope that they would want to be aggressive and i think you owe that to the guy that's about to set the franchise scoring record in the nba the he's, only the he's o- owed that the only counter i don't disagree with that but the only counter i'd say dirt is if you go get og Anobi, your only moves after that for the offseason are going to be nurk and one pick you don't have a lot of flexibility asset-wise. That's true. So is getting OG in the starting lineup, it'd be Dame, Ant, OG, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. Where does that five put you in the West? You have GP coming off the bench next year, Shaden coming off the bench. Yeah, what's the when, – when are we gonna, Are we just giving up on Gary Payton? <laughs> I don't think it's a give – I think it's him. I just like, he's, I keep hearing like a week. He's two coming weeks. back he's close. every two, two weeks. weeks. He's close. Yeah. He's close. Lord. He's close. I, I don't think we see him until 2023. That would be horrible. Well, I mean, we're almost already there, so you just right. wait a couple weeks. But yeah, just hope he's not another Festus Azelian. We're paying him eight million dollars. No, 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 no. He'll, he'll play. <laughs> you just you kind of pulled the uh, see you next year card, and I fell for it. You said twenty twenty three, and I thought next season he's going to be out all oh, season. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh sorry. yeah, it is almost the end of the year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I did, yeah, I did the corny. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be corny. <laughs> hey, I'll see you next it's year, like, man. Oh, it's two weeks. What? The next year. I'm going to see uh, you for a year. What the hell are you talking about? No, but uh, eventually you get him back, and then you know, is that where does that team put you in the West? Because the West is down this year. Yes, it is. But how long will the West stay down? The Lakers are going to lose Russ. They'll have a salary cap space. You know, they're the Lakers. Say what you want. They'll probably still get somebody. LeBron is up there, though. He is nearing the end. He is. Um, Dallas, I think at some point, will add somebody. Memphis and and New Orleans are good. You know, we'll see if Minnesota makes a cat trade because that could change things up for them. Maybe they could get better. 
I just you're in an interesting spot where you can maybe compete more than people think this year, but does getting OG does that put you over the top as a team with Dame in your quest to get him to an NBA Finals? Yeah, I don't know if it puts you over the top. I would like to see him be aggressive, though. I, I know that it'll limit moves that you can make down the road. The question that you have to ask yourself is, you know, the OG rumors have been there for Portland for a long time. They coveted him around draft time. They tried to get him with the number 7 pick. It didn't work out. They ended up taking Shaden Sharp, and I think every Blazer fan feels good about that. Yeah. The question is, is there somebody you think that you will be in a better position? To, is there a better player in your mind, that will hit the market in the next nine months, right? At the end of the, at some point in the trade deadline period, and then going into the offseason that you can go out and make a move for that's better than OG. Would you rather have OG or Miles Turner? Because OG's on contract control right now. Actually, a pretty good price for what he's younger. He's than younger. Miles Turner. But Miles My- Turner's 26. It's he's a couple not years. Old. It's not a big gap. And Miles Maybe a better fit for we need better a center, quote unquote. I'd rather have a center, probably. A stretch center, a stretch five, but he's going to get paid this summer. He's yes, a free he agent this summer. So yeah. if he comes to Portland, you'd imagine there's a wink and a nod like, yo, you're getting taken care of. Uh, people are texting him, by the way. It's also he's doing it against the old Sonics. So you got the old rivalry aspect to it there. Stop. I can, I don't Stop. See, yeah, the zombie Sonics are not. Not a real thing. Not a Stop thing. it. Don't disrespect the franchise that once existed. <laughs> they hold the Sonics records, though. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid that that team has a gold patch on their jersey. <laughs> that is pretty stupid. Uh, we also, I did not bring up, but I, I meant to, uh, and you can rant on this for your Dos Minutos today if you want. Jokic did something for the first time since Wilt Chamberlain this weekend. Yeah, 40, 27, and 10 last night. He had 40 points and 27 Hornets, rebounds. So, like, it, it, it was against the Hornets, who were 7-23 and 23 on the year. They yeah. are terrible again. Yes. Uh, the Hornets are just awful every year. Yes. Uh, but the first 40 and 25 games and 10 assist games since Wilt Chamberlain in like 19, whatever the year you want to make He up. got off to a bit of a slow start for his level, and he has found it in the last few weeks. Uh, you know, obviously we saw this in Portland not long ago. They get Murray back healthy, and if they can get MPJ out there, Denver's a scary underrated team. If you want to place a value bet, Denver, I think, actually has slightly better odds than New Orleans. Denver's a good pick. Yeah. Because, I, you know, Jokic, and given what we've seen, I think he's good enough to control a game. It's just a matter of his supporting cast is going to be healthy enough for him. Murray gets it back, definitely. Michael Porter Jr., oh, that would be scary. Yeah, if they get fully healthy, that's been their big issue the last two years. Uh, so we're all putting the money on it. We think it happens tonight. I don't know what his over-under is in the game for Dame. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, he needs 21 points to break the record. I, according to this, I got it right here. Clyde is at 18-0-40. Okay. Dame right now, 18-0-20. So 21 points, and he'll break the record. I liked him puffing out his chest a little bit, too, after that win on Saturday, uh, getting to 18,000 points. That's, I mean, that's a big benchmark to reach. And, I, you know, he, he gave credit. He was like, look, Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time, and nobody's going to disagree with that. I'm he not said gonna... he was second. Yeah, he's like, I mean, put me in the conversation. I mean, you look at where he's going to end up ranked in a lot of different metrics, scoring-wise, and three-pointers made. Do you feel like he's the second greatest shooter? I don't think he's the second greatest Who's shooter. Who's the second greatest shooter? Probably Ray Allen. Who's the third greatest shooter? Probably Reggie Miller. Wow. Wow. I think I'd put him ahead of Reggie. I'd have wow. to. Wow. I think I would. Well, the tough part with those, We're he's going to submitting gonna br- Larry Legend. He's going to break all sorts of records, but this is the problem with quarterbacks, right? Like the game is different. Yeah, like it's a Matthew much Stafford is going to have more passing yards than Dan Marino. Is Matthew Stafford a better quarterback than Dan Marino? No. 
right? So I nobody would say that. So three point shooting, it's you can't just look at how many he's made because the volume in which he shot it is different than Reggie and different than Larry and all those guys. Larry Bird, you know, I don't really have a disagreement. With, you want to put him in the top three, sure, uh, top four. But I I do like him puffing out his chest a little bit because I think he is in this era playing with the greatest shooter of all time. I th- I do think it's a, it's just a tough era for him to play in. If Steph Curry didn't exist or if Steph Curry played soccer, maybe we have a different feeling about Dame over the last ten years. Ah, but he doesn't. He, does he does exist, not. and he's been successful. So. <laughs> he's won a lot of championships. He's got four of them things. So Dame's going for it tonight, 21 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record. Gives you a reason to watch. The uh, OKC's not playing anybody. Evidently, they've won too much early in the season. They're trying to tank. Is that why they're not playing anybody tonight? Uh, 12 no. wins is too many for them. They're, they're trying to get Wimbayama. They're trying to get Victor Wimbayama. Yeah, yeah they're 12-18. and 18. That's way too good. You come back next year with Wimbayama, Chet Holmgren, Giddy, and maybe SGA. That's kind of a scary young little nucleus you've got going I'm on. I'm pulling there. for Orlando to get him. I mean, I want him, Bull Bull, and Paolo and, Banquero, and Banquero on the court at the same time. So you'd have 7'4, seven 7'1, seven seven yep. and 6'10. That's what I'm talking about. Three of your five positions are 6'10 or taller <laughs> and athletic and can handle the rock. Uh, uh, Woo! Uh, uh, I, I want Orlando to get him too. Uh, somebody said, How many threes does he need uh, to pass Ray Allen? I don't know. I'll look that up during the break. I don't know if he's particularly close to that. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he is. But I, we'll, we'll Google that. I got during it right the break. here. Okay, you got it. Uh, it is. So Ray Allen's at 29.73. Dame's at 22.23. Okay. No, he, yeah. You usually get about what? On a good year, 400? I'll check out and see what his average is. 350? Yeah, I, I think you're, he'll eventually get him. He'll get there for sure. If he stays sure. healthy, he'll get him. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. With the volume that they shoot now, man, it's it's just it's only a matter of time. You also have James Harden ahead of him, too, so we'll see how much longer Harden goes. But Yeah, Harden was ranting and raving about his all-time standing the other day, too. He yeah, played. he said a quote, something of like, <laughs> I've revolutionized, the game I've revolutionized basketball. The only thing I don't have is a championship. It's like, yeah, tips. That's kind of the point of the whole thing. Remember the guy you clowned? Giannis? Yeah, he went and got one. Uh, the, Shut up, Beard. Dame's all-time high in three-pointers made came in 2020-21 uh, season. He yeah. made 275. That's his all-time high? That's his all-time high. He's got a 270 in there. So I'm probably putting the Steph number out. A 230 number in there, a 230 yeah. number in there. So, he's, I mean, good years for him are anywhere between 220 and 250 are good years for him. He was obviously hurt last year. He only made 92. Uh, and he's already at 80 this year. He is, he is 12 threes away from matching his season total of last year. Uh, so that's it's good news. Exciting things for Dame tonight. They're in OKC. Should be an easy win, and he's got a chance to set the all-time scoring record. Something we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, tomorrow. When we get back into college football and the NFL after this on 1080 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Dirt and Spray on 1080 The Fan. Well, it's rare that a bunch of different fan bases are feeling good. And I think you can make that argument, and I'm really excited. Because Oregon State just wrapped up their third 10-1 season in program history. Their first since 2006. Michael Penix announced that he's returning to Washington. That was about, what, a week or two ago? Yep. Got that announcement. Yesterday, you get the Bo is back news. Bo Nix coming back to Eugene for another year. First time the Ducks have returned to starting quarterback since Herbert's senior season. Uh, they won the Rose Bowl that year. And I know Washington State's probably down, probably not feeling great. They know showed their bowl game, but at least they've, it feels like they've stabilized things a little bit. The way things ended with Rolovich, that was ugly. You didn't know which direction the program was going to go. And they, they at moments, look like a good team this year, and at moments look like a really bad team this year. And I'm not quite sure what they're going to be going forward, but – I think you can argue that Cam Ward probably year two at the Power 5 level. He should improve uh, and should be better next year. And this is, I you know, I'd have to rack my brain. There's been moments where Washington's been good, but other teams have been bad. There's been moments where Oregon's been really good and other teams have been bad. There's been moments where the Cougs went 10-2 and two and Washington was good. But Oregon and Oregon State weren't great and weren't feeling good. To have four fan bases feeling, I think, solid about where their programs are at going into next year, this is the most exciting offseason and lead-up to a college football season that I think every fan base could have in quite some time in the Northwest. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to disrespect one of the fan bases, but I'm taking the Cougs out of this equation right now. Uh, they're, just, they're not on the level of Oregon State, Oregon, and Washington. They're, they had, again, to your credit, they had some moments, but largely kind of middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was disappointed with that bowl performance. That being said... I. What are the expectations you guys think for all three of those programs? Because I was thinking about this during the Oregon State game because it was boring, but at least they won. (laughs) I'm almost afraid of what Beaver fan is going to think about this this team next year. Like, I like expectations. I think they're fun. I also think sometimes they're dangerous. Very dangerous. And I think Oregon State fan, I'm just guessing here. I don't know what you think Oregon's going to be, but I think Oregon State fan is talking themselves into – the quarterback position is going to be solved one way or the other, whether that's transfer portal guy, Goldbranson, or just starting Childs. And because Damian Martinez basically announced he's coming back, mm-hmm. I think Oregon State fan is thinking same thing: ten and two or eleven and one. 
I'm being honest with you. I think that's kind of the expectation for this team next year, yeah. given the talent that's coming back. Where do you think Oregon's at? Well, Oregon's is conference championship or buzz. Same thing. And I think Washington's is conference championship or buzz. So all three fan bases probably coming in with the exact same expectations. And the exciting part about the current state of the conference, now Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, is back at USC. Mm-hmm. So you can't disregard them. And, and Utah, I think they're going to get better defensively. Probably. And Utah has won the conference back-to-back years. And we're going to probably have another offseason where we barely mention Utah and we forget about Utah. And then you look up and you're like, hey, that's right. Utah's really good. I forgot about Utah. They're really good again this Who year. Who are the quarterbacks going to be for them? They but... can bring what's-his-nuts back. Well, Rising Cam has another Rising's year. got another year. He hasn't announced he's leaving Jeez, yet. So he man. might be back. Right? So, I mean, you're looking at a ton of quarterback talent returning in the conference next year, which I think would be great. Um, but I, it, how fun would it be with the new format that you could potentially have a rivalry game in the conference championship? Yeah. It's no longer divisions. You could have an Oregon versus Washington or an Oregon versus Oregon State or an Oregon State versus – like that That theory, reality is out there. You might get it. I, the biggest question I have for Oregon State, I have no problem with Beaver fans putting themselves in that conversation. They were a couple of plays away from being in that conversation this year. They were 9-3 and three in the regular season. They had a couple of games that they lost in close fashion that they easily could have won. Now that coin goes both ways. They were lucky to beat Stanford, could have lost to Fresno State, they could have lost to Oregon, but your season is defined usually by four or five one-score games. Some years you win all of them, some years you lose two out of the three. What's their quarterback situation? That's the only thing that I wonder. I don't think you can sustain yourself at the highest level in this conference year in and year out without having a quarterback. I know they did it this year to get to 9-3 and three and 10 wins with really bad quarterback play. I just You don't want to make that your reality. And at some point, you got to solve that problem. I, I just, I, I'm going off more faith than I am any concrete evidence. I, I, I just believe it's priority one. I think it was last year, and they didn't talk about that. I think it's pretty clearly their number one here. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Now, where's the confidence level that they get it done, though? Because there is a difference between having to be a priority and the reason they didn't get it last year. I feel pretty good about it. They didn't They didn't yeah. pay up last year where the reports JT Daniels wanted more than they offered. No, they, they paid. They paid. JT Daniels is a douchebag, and his dad is an absolute a-hole. Um, they, they offered money. They offered a good amount of money, sure, especially they, for Corvallis, Oregon. Um, did they outbid West Virginia? No, how'd that turn out for West Virginia? It didn't turn out good. He's already transferring. He yeah. wants to look to a new home because it's somebody else's fault. It's never JT Daniels' fault. I, I don't want him to get JT Daniels. Um, I, I'd be willing to make a good wager they're going to have that solved. Okay. And if that is solved, I think that's where the expectation creeps in. Yeah, if you land a quarterback in the offseason, I have no Oregon State belongs firmly in that category and in that conversation. Well, but I also would add to it if they strike out in the portal, which is entirely possible given the nature of that thing. Mm hmm. I, 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 you know, I'll be curious to see. I'm supposed to talk with Jonathan here in the next week or two, probably after the holidays. I, I'm really curious. I'd imagine they, they feel okay if it's Branson. It's not Chance Nolan. He's not turning the ball over the way Chance did. He is different. Now, you could argue, is he a game-breaker that's going to terrify teams? No. He, I don't think he gives you that going into the year, but... The way that, you know, the same way you say, well, Ty Thompson's 19. I'm going to allow Ben Gobranson, who played like seven or eight starts, as a freshman to say, well, yeah. there's a shot he gets better for them next year. The unique part about him, though, is that he's technically a junior. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's been there for three years. He's been there this for a This was his third year on K. He's older than Ty Thompson. Yes. By, but only by a year, but it's not a but it's But what I'm saying, though, is the ability to say somebody can get better. Yeah. Michael Penix Jr. got better mm-hmm. as a player. Yes, he did. I don't think Ben Branson is necessarily Michael Penix, but he plays with a lot of attitude and toughness. I think overall they're going to get solved. Well, I think the other part of it, too, is, and you have to acknowledge it for quarterback play at every level, I, I don't necessarily think that he had anybody 
out the run game did undoubtedly. I don't think he had anybody on the outside that made him look better. He didn't have a guy that was a true number one target. When Musgrave got hurt, who was their easily their best pass catcher, there there is something to that with Gold Branson as well. That I think if you give him a you know, a, a top wide receiver in the conference or a top tight end in the co- he's going to naturally look better just by having that guy to throw to. Oregon State had an okay wide receiver core. They were plagued by drops at times this year. But he, unlike some of these other guys, like Washington went out and, and had two unbelievable wide receivers for Penix. Bo Nix had Troy Franklin, who came onto the scene this year. Like, that's a big part of looking good as a quarterback that sometimes we don't talk about that I would wonder where that ranks on the priority list as well because Musgrave is clearly gone. He's already announced he's going to the NFL, rightfully so. And, and I think that's where you, you need another guy out there that could be a number one pass catcher it's not just to me on the quarterback's got to get better it's also you need you need an elite weapon that you can trust that that puts the fear into a defense that you have to game plan against and Oregon State doesn't have that guy I think if you were power rank the, the positions they need to get there's no doubt they want to get a big pass catcher uh as most programs in the country probably do I'd go number one quarterback number two edge rusher number three wide receiver I think those are your kind of areas you're looking. Maybe they hit the secondary a little bit because they're going to lose a couple guys uh, to, to, to graduating and moving on. But, um, yeah, I think for the most part, those are probably your top three positions at Oregon State for them in this offseason. It's just it's fun, man. The bow news yesterday, Oregon State getting that 10th win on Saturday. Washington already had it. We'll see what they do against Texas in their bowl game. But Penix announcing last week or whatever it was that he was back. It just having that kind of momentum well, build you, you for dub, the conference and the Northwest is great. UW also had two edge rushers announce they're returning. Yeah. And I know their defense was a little up and down, but I mean, that's. You're getting what it shows to me is it's not necessarily like, oh, the top defense had. No, that's not what it was. To me, it's about the buy-in factor. It's a Kalen DeBoer factor. It's, hey, man, we, they, they truly in Seattle feel like they have unfinished business going into the year, mm-hmm. and they have all the evidence to suggest that they can win this conference next year. They have that kind of talent. Um, I, I, you know, I know they've swung and missed on a couple recruits, but I think you're going to get more transfer news with some of these programs throughout the offseason. Oregon's already had it with a couple Alabama kids. I think you got a wide receiver and a DB now. Um, Oregon State's probably going to hit the portal pretty hard at certain positions. I, I think getting players to announce, hey, we're returning because we have something we feel like we need to finish, mm-hmm. I think that's massive. Now, where Oregon goes with Bo Nix, I, I think it's an easy conclusion that like Oregon's going to be near the top again. I do have question marks on their offensive line. Like, losing a Forsyth, I think some of that stuff does matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, his backup played a little bit this year, and... I'd have to go look at their depth chart. I'm not going to pretend to know everybody that's that's gone or who's coming back. I, I don't has Noah Sewell announced anything yet? I have not heard anything from Noah Sewell. So no. we'll see what happens with that. But uh, obviously, big news in Eugene with Bo Nix. Yeah, they uh, the, the Bo Nix one. I'm with you on the offensive line. They got They got to solve that. They got a couple of kids in town that are in the transfer portal that are visiting this weekend. One guy was a perennial starter for Texas, who I don't know why he's entering the portal, but he started like the last two years for Texas and was a pretty highly rated guy. I think to, to your point, the other aspect of getting guys back and having momentum, which it feels like all three programs have right now. For Oregon, not the way they ended the season, it's just the bow news that gives them momentum, is that that's, that's an alert that goes up to guys in the transfer portal. Because guys that are in the transfer portal, one, they're looking for NIL money if they can get it, but two, they want a chance to win, right? You don't want to just transfer and not, you know, this team's going to suck or this team's going to be a question mark. For Washington to return Penix, it's big for them when they're trying to convince kids, like, hey, we're going to have it. We won 10 games this year. We're returning our quarterback. Right. And Oregon will say, hey, we won nine games and our quarterback got hurt at the end of the year, but we won eight in a row at one point when he was healthy. We know we're going to be a top 15 ranked team next year, so come play and you can win right away. And for Oregon State, you know, I brought this up on Friday when you were gone, but Max Brown, I thought, had a great rant about quarterbacks that are in the transfer portal. If you're looking for the best fit, 
and look, I don't follow every program better than I follow teams in the Northwest or the Pac-12. It's hard to pick one that's a better fit right now than Oregon State. There's momentum. The offensive line's good. You have help from a run game. You have help from a defense. Oh, by the way, you're having a brand new stadium open next year, right? Where you're gonna have to sell out crowds, I'd imagine. Some anticipation for the the start of the season. Like, there's not a better fit out there for a transfer quarterback. And so all of them have momentum there. And those usually end up being, you know, unless you're Georgia or Alabama and these places that just build from top five, top five, top five recruiting class, and you have more talent than anybody. The biggest way to make an immediate impact on we're going from being really good to maybe winning a conference championship, it's in the transfer portal. And I think Washington, Oregon, and Oregon State all have that momentum where they're trying to convince guys to sign. And signing day is on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, We'll see what happens, man. But I don't know. I just Really exciting. I can't wait. Already, I, was, I thought about putting up a poll question last night. Who's going to win more games next year? I, I was going to do that, too, and then I kind of decided Everybody's going to vote for their team, yeah, and we'll just find yeah. out who, you know, how many Duck fans and Husky fans and Beaver fans we have watching. Well, and, listening. and look, these fan bases deserve to be excited. And then I, I see that USC's already picked up a, a DB, and I'm sure they're going to get more defensive players. And I'm like, oh, yeah, USC's coming back with Cable Williams next year. Damn it. Yeah, I believe USC's got a defense when I see him have a defense. Yeah, but I mean, they got to the conference championship game. It's kind of my point. They're they did, bringing man. that guy back. So. They, did. they did. Lucky. Lucky. Did Can they I have just... a hard non-conference? Fraud. No, they didn't. They no, played... no. Do they have a hard non-conference? Oh, next year? Hold on. I'll Google it. Okay. While you're Googling it, I just want to say, uh, maybe put a cherry on top of this conversation. Not only are all these co- schools playing for the conference championship, but I do think the Pac-12, for the first time in how long I can remember that they've got three or four legitimate contenders for the college football playoff. Yeah. And, next year. And if OSU plays their ass off five, I, I mean, let's just throw them if they get a quarterback and they get the right guy. Wow, OSU wasn't court. in that list before, huh? No, I put Utah ahead of them. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, brother. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you didn't get smoked by Utah. We smoked Utah two years ago. You know, we're oh, one and one, uh, one and one last two. Well, now you don't know it. We've so beaten Oregon two last three. You, know, you no. want to play this game? Uh, you want to play well, this game? Oh, my God. The point is. <laughs> the we get some recency bias here? My favorite it. thing of all time is listing the the amount of numbers, years that you need to back up an argument. Every I time. There's always a stat to prove your there argument. There was a Husky oh fan that when they beat Oregon that texted in like, hey, three and three in the last six. Yeah. I'm like, we're just leaving out the last yeah, the 13 are. years we're before that. You're damn right we are. Uh, USC really challenging themselves. They open with San Jose State at home. Okay. And then they play Nevada at home. Yeah. And then they get Notre Dame as they do every year. Ah, 3-0. and Yeah, because Notre Dame probably won't be great next year. Well, but and... they get Notre Dame at the end of the year, so that's always kind of so like October 14th, where your team's at. So yeah. not quite the end of the year. More oh, so really? Middle October next year. 14th? Yeah, middle of the year next year. Hmm. Uh, they do play in Eugene next year, too. USC does. You get that cycle through. Oregon gets USC. How do you not go to that game? I mean, that's going to be a it's, fun game. It's probably the last time USC ever comes to Oregon. Oh, it for sure is the last time USC ever comes yeah. to Oregon. Unless Oregon ever joins the Big Ten, which I don't want them to do. So. Yeah, I don't want that either. There you go. There's some college football. So everybody's fired up, man. I'm excited. Everybody be excited. Raise expectations. Let's raise the loaf together. The Pac-12 is going to be awesome. I just, yeah, I, we're against it. But uh, Jordan's comment is interesting to me. I just, I, I don't know what Oregon State could have done to not have already been on that list. It's just because Utah... You're just not used to saying it? I, I think it's... Well, we're talking about expectations in the growth of the program. Sure. And the trajectories, and Utah's just kind of been there. And I think Oregon yeah. State, in the minds of the playoff committee, it's going to be harder for them to get put in above Utah. And I'm not just saying that, like, because I hate Oregon State. I want the Pac-12 to succeed. I just think, from a national standpoint, Utah's got a bigger name with Kyle Whittingham, with, with what they've had going on for half a decade plus, as opposed to Oregon State, and more of a recent surge. And they're kicking ass. They are. I'm not saying they aren't i i know i know i'm more just like i think it's interesting because i think oregon state resonates this way with a lot of pac-12 fans and I, I it's interesting to me not 
I'm not very braggadocious Beaver fan, but I think the coaching, it's pretty clear the coaching is upper echelon in this conference right now. It's very good. No. It's very good. You know, it's been a while since the Pac-12 team's been in the playoff. Playoff or bust. It's been a long time. Yeah, 2016. Long time. Only one of them's ever won a game. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, Nearly a decade right. ago. Jeez, that's 2014. crazy. A decade. 2014. Damn, last time it happened. Um, all right. <laughs> now that everybody's done getting all fired up. Let's get back into the NFL. I got a couple of more, note, uh, more notes from the weekend. We'll get you all set for the night in sports as we wrap up. But uh, some more NFL next. First, here's Jordan with SportsCenter. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. I just woke up and I said... I want to read a couple thoughts here at The Fan text line. The people, the people are speaking. I want to tell you what the people are saying. What are the people saying? I'm an idiot. Uh, somebody said, Oregon State is 2-1 and one in this decade. Let's try and stay in the present, Dirt. I quite enjoyed that one. It's a great text. Uh, somebody said, okay, Jordan is now on the S list. Wow. Wow, Jordan. Sorry, Why you got hate on Oregon well, State I, so much, bro? No, I, 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 I don't have a problem with your list. I'm just <laughs> genuinely curious because if you're looking at these teams, uh-huh. you always laugh too when Oregon State gets brought up. <laughs> you know that, right? Like every time Oregon State gets brought up, dirt starts chuckling every single time. I just are we going there with college football playoff stuff? Well, I, I, to like me, if we're talking about realistic chances to make the college football playoff, are we having? I just want to check: are we having that conversation? If we're talking about the expanded playoff or the fourteen, I'm talking about the fourteen playoff because that's what will be around next year. I think it's well. I think most years, absolutely not. But next year, I mean, they have talent coming back, and they if they do? can get that position solved, I, I just think they got one of the best coaching staffs in this conference, and it's largely stayed attached the entire time they've been there. I'm more just kind of curious, like when we think of the better teams in this conference, I, Jordan. I know who you went with, right? You went USC. Right, Washington. Obviously, Oregon, you went Utah. Oregon in Utah. In Utah. Yeah, I, you know, Oregon State lost by three to UW. They beat Oregon. They lost by three to USC, and they, you know, they didn't get a good game. They didn't play a good game against Utah. But I, I just find it interesting that it's not like at the forefront of next year where you were going with it. Most years with four, I'd say no. Twelve is a different thing. Like, well, that's totally different. You just got to win the conference to get in. Well, yeah, or you know, be a top twelve team, which I think UW would have 
been this, right? This year, they would have been a... They were borderline, yeah, right, right on right the edge. 10th or whatever, but... The conference champion has not made the college football playoff out of the Pac-12 since 2016. Yeah, so you say, like, is Oregon State really there? I mean, maybe not, but am I to really believe that all those programs are going to go through our conference nope. schedule and lose more than or lose less than two games? My money would be on us not making the playoff again next year because right. I think there's a lot of really good teams, and right, the best yes. you're going to finish is 10-2, and two, probably. Yes. Because USC's going to be great, Oregon's going to be good, Washington's going to be good, Oregon State's going to be good. That doesn't even account for what Colorado's going to be. Is Washington State improved? Like, you go down the list, I think Arizona's going in the right direction, and they're returning their quarterback, and they've hit the transfer portal hard. They like, flipped an O-lineman from Alabama yesterday. Yeah. A three-star O-line. recruit, but yeah. Still, I mean, yeah. you could say you flipped a kid from Alabama. They got Justin Flo. He's going to have a bunch of 15-yard penalties in every game they play. <laughs> it's going to be great. Now, guys, I'm not trying to poo-poo on Oregon State. Like, I'm really not. Utah just, they were, I think, near the top of the the uh, conference at Sacks. They took the ball away. I you think, don't need to defend to your Oregon Utah State. pick. You don't need to defend the Utah. I'm more just curious. Like, it, I just find it interesting because I think you're more in the norm. I think Oregon State. I think Oregon State has to solve in order for me to put them there. They have to get the quarterback. They mm-hmm. have to. I, I'm not Oregon State with Ben Goldbranson a quarterback is not going to the college ball playoff. That might be a hot take for some, but I'm going to say that right now. Well, but we're not even. I, you see, I think we're kind of moving off the playoff thing because I think we're all acknowledging this conference is going to be a gauntlet, right? It, yeah. It's going to be really tough. It's going to be very similar to this year. Where I think you're going to have crossover games where Washington beats Oregon State, and then Oregon beats Washington, and then USC beats this team, and then UCLA. You know, it's just it's going to be just like it was this year. It may be that, and and for that reason, it sounds like there is no playoff team in this conference. It's more just like who's the best two loss team in yeah. the conference? Who's got the best shot at winning the conference? Yes. And if you want to put Oregon State in that category, one hundred percent fair. And that's maybe that's where I misinterpreted what your list okay. was more so. I was just like. The best teams going into next year. People were were saying uh, one year with a bowling, and now the Beavs are only going to expect one loss from now on. That was texted in. Yeah, I mean, is that not what fandom is? That is Expectations fandom are is. ridiculous. I'm not saying that's necessarily my expectation. I think they can be nine, ten wins if they can piece it together and get a quarterback, and if they get more than that, great. A couple more. Somebody said, let's be real. OSU, I think, is an eight and four, nine and three. That's an awesome season. Anything more than that is gravy. Colorado might be scary quick. Yeah, Colorado is a whole total. Wild card next year in the Pac-12. Total wild card. Because I don't know. I'm, could, they could be good. They're going to be better than they were this year. That's for sure. Are they a player, though? Like, are they going to be to that level in the transfer portal? I highly doubt that. Hunter just entered, so he's probably Oh, he's for the sure going to Colorado. Yeah. And he's going to start his kid, a quarterback who's been pretty good. Yeah, like, that kid looked good. You know, they'll be they'll be interesting. But yeah. are they in the mix to win the conference? I can't go there in year one. There's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a feel-out where he gets his ass kicked in a game. Yes. That's, I mean, a couple Colorado's, years of growth are going to happen. Yeah, yeah, Colorado's not coming in, and Dion's not going to be going, what, Nine and three in year one. I don't see that. Maybe seven and five if he hits the portal hard I think enough. A bowl season is, is sure. good enough for Colorado. Which that's season. feisty. That's a team that's feisty, right? The seven and five teams of the world. You get sure. the Cougars of the world come to your place. You upset somebody during yes. the year. You knock them out of the playoff or knock them out of the conference championship race. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, as, an, as a lifelong Beaver fan, these expectations you're talking about scare the ass out of me. Oh, absolutely. You do anything worse in the previous year, it feels like you regressed, which shouldn't be the case. I'd be happy with consistent eight wins uh, every year and an occasional push for a Rose Bowl. Well, just I, I would say drown out Twitter and you'll be n- more normal Beaver fan. More, There are more Beaver fans that agree with that text than what Twitter would suggest. <laughs> I love, can I just honor and appreciate the trash talk in college football that's happening? It's great. On December 19th. Yes. Cocky Sprague, that's getting texts in. 10-3, and three, sheesh. Cocky Sprague, here he comes. Another one says, literally no one outside of Beaver fans believe any of this crap is sustainable. They will fall back to 6-6. Six and six. 
Trash I talk mean, feels good. That I, I enjoy the six and six comments. I saw it a lot on Twitter all year, and then we beat Oregon with no quarterback, and we finished nine and three and got our tenth win. So I, I appreciate the comments. Cocky sniffing Sprague doesn't come out very oh, often. Oh, you're out, baby. You're out. You're loving every minute of it. Because right now, well, they're riding a wave. They're riding a great wave. They, they don't get waves very often. Mostly they're in the kiddie pool wave pool. You know what I mean? Now they're in the ocean. Can they swim? I don't know. But they've got the talent coming back, and I think they are a quarterback away from being kind of what they were this year, if not maybe a game better. Uh, can I just add one caveat to this? Because I have seen this said and texted a lot, Beaver fan. If you're going to say they're two plays away from being 11-1, and one, can we also acknowledge they're like two plays away from being 7-5? and five? Can we play that game? Can we do that game? Can I play that game? I think the only difference... and I, They shouldn't have beaten Stanford. That was a, that was a miracle of all-time miracles. And you know it. They were terrible in that game. Sure. They no-showed. Oregon State's a way better team than that. They just had a game where they no-showed. And they were that was you pulled that out of your ass at the luckiest moment. I mean, we could play this game with every team. With every conference. team. Every team. Oregon easily could have lost to Washington State. They could have lost to Utah. Easily lost both those games. Mm-hmm. I just I don't like playing the we're two plays away from this when you have clear examples of games that you were two plays away from barely you know barely winning or easily potentially losing. I view it more like you were six points in two games that you you know if you played just differently on a couple plays yeah. maybe you could have gotten. And this that. is why I say every year your season will likely be decided by five games, for the most part. It'll come to, like, right, Oregon State's non-conference, Oregon's non-conference. Those are, they're easy, manageable games. You're going to have Arizona State in there. There's going to be a Cal easy win. Stanford's going to suck. Like, there's a lot of games that you're just going to win. You guarantee you're going to win. And it'll come down to five different games that will be decided by one score. And do you go 3-2, 2-3, and 1-4, and 4-1, and 5-0? and oh? Like, TCU's that this year. TCU is five plays away from being 7-5. and five. Oh, TCU is the 2012 Notre Dame team. Like. <laughs> Except they're, they won every single one of those. Clo- yeah. They just pulled, they found a rabbit's foot. Minnesota Vikings this year. They rubbed that rabbit's foot, and they found a way to win. The Vikings are yeah. a great example of it, too. So that's, I mean, seasons are decided on that every single year. And I just like pointing out for Oregon, Oregon State, anybody. USC was a couple of plays away from being 8-4. I, I just think, you know, to the crowd that's like the playoff, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not going to the playoff. I think this conference is going to cannibalize itself as it does most years. But, like, the idea of it I get is comical. It's not believable. I I do understand that. I also i am 100% certain in saying 0% of people picked TCU to be in the playoff. TCU. Zero. Zero. Texas Christian University with Sonny Dykes made the playoff. So, like, it does kind of give you leeway to say, Maybe my team can get it together. Maybe the, the only counter argument I have to that is that they uh, the Big Twelve I think is more easy to win, easier to win than the Pac twelve next year. I think the yeah. Pac twelve is going to be a gauntlet next year, and there's five legitimately really good teams. Sure, and I don't think the Big Twelve had, Texas was down. Oklahoma was terrible this year. Oklahoma State was a disappointment. But we didn't see any of that coming. Is my no point. at the start of the year. Don't know. Like UW could have an injury. Oregon State could have an injury. Oregon has an injury. You just don't know who's going to stay healthy when you play certain teams at certain points. It's it's a crapshoot to a certain extent in this conference. I love it, man. Everybody's fired up about college football. Feels good. Anticipation is already building, and we're a long ways away from next year kicking off. Let's close it up, Dame. Setting the record likely tonight and uh, Monday Night Football. Wrap it up next on The Fan. This is Dirt and Sprague gone 1080 The Fan. Well, Ducks, Beavers, and Huskies, we can't agree on much. But most of us can agree it's going to be pretty cool tonight to see Damian Lillard pass Clyde Drexler, if it happens, 21 points away. I would imagine it would be, yeah. I think we can all agree that we're rooting for the Packers minus six and a half. Can we agree on that? Huh? Can we agree on that? Why are you little, gambling on little, this game? A little unity. Why? Because it's going to be cold. I learned a valuable lesson this weekend, Dirt. Uh-huh. 
I gambled on the Niner picks that I had for Sprague the Line. Uh-huh. I live bet the Vikings when it was 36-21, just because. It was like 7 plus 750. I didn't gamble yesterday. I didn't gamble at all. I asked you for picks. You text me back late. I didn't really have a good feel for any of those games. And I you know what? In yesterday. Felt great. It felt great. Take a I, day off. I actually ended up having a good day yesterday. The, the Bengals covering and getting a push in the Chargers game. The Bengal game. The Bengal game won me some good money. Yeah, that was one I liked. I and I, I got a good push in the uh, got a good push in the Charger game. I needed that to keep parlays alive. I should have gambled. Damn it. You should have gambled. Gamble on the Packers tonight. Let's be on Pack. Go, Pack. Go. Go, Pack. Go. It's Baker Mayfield in four-degree weather at Lambeau Field. Yeah. There's we, no chance this happens again. You're acting like the Packers are good. They're good, baby. <laughs> They're good tonight. I just need them for one night. That'll do it for us. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. Listen to 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 